I wanted to share this morning on the transformational power of the Word. Amen. That's good. Let's practice it as we, as we launch into this message, the transformational power of the Word. If you want your life to change rapidly, this is the vital ingredient. This is where you start. Of course, as we go about our lives, we tend to build out of our own personal resources. That is normal and even God expects that but we can't totally do that. We also must realise that we are living in times of universal shaking, where our philosophy, our strategy, our way of doing things will be tested. Hebrews chapter 12, 25 to 28 says that everything that can be shaken will be shaken. In fact, the Word says heaven and earth will pass away, but not the Word. So we really need to have a good attitude to the Word of God. One of the ways to fast track your growth and development is to engage in a more meaningful way with the Word. Maybe it's to start engaging in the Word. Because the Bible says, Jesus said this when He was being tempted and the, in, in the, uh, He was out being tested after His baptism and Satan came and challenged Him and said, you know, because He was fasting and He challenged Him, you know, saying, if you're the Lord, turn these loaves into bread. And Jesus' response is very, very powerful. And He said, man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Man shall not live alone by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds or shall proceed from the mouth of God. This morning, I want to say this is the Word. This is the Word of God. This is the Logos. But today, God is speaking from heaven. He is still speaking. He is not silent. And what we need to do is we need to be able to hear what God is saying and we need to be able to respond the right way. So the focus this morning is about transformation. It's about restoration and it's about building our future well. I'd like you to turn to Luke chapter 6, verse 46 to 49, and we'll read from there. Jesus said this to his disciples. He said, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not the things, and not do the things which I say. Whoever comes to me and hears these sayings and does them, I will show you who he is like. He is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundations on the rock. And when the flood arose, the stream beat vehemently against that house and could not shake it, for it was founded on the rock. 
Then he who heard and did nothing is like a man who built a house on the earth without a foundation against which the stream beat vehemently and immediately fell and the ruin of that house was great. There's a couple of things here that are interesting. Both these men heard God. One heard and responded correctly. The other heard and did nothing. I believe that God in His Word is showing us how we should build our life, how we should build our future. And maybe you started out going in a bit of direction and where you are at today, you might think, hey, I need to work on this. And I want to encourage you because wherever we are at in our life, we can come back, we can reset and we can start again. But we've got to have that reality check. We've got to come right back to where we need to because in church and in Christian life and in life in general, I believe there are two types of people. Those who are here, hear God, seek God, hear God and, and hear accurately and respond well. And then there are those who also hear and did nothing or do it the way that they shouldn't do. God wants us to be like the wise man. God wants you to be like the wise man. So this morning I pray for wisdom as we go into the future. Because I believe this is a time of incredible shaking like never before in my lifetime, maybe even in, your, in my parents' lifetime. And this is a time where everything is being tested. I want to say this this morning, God speaks in many, many ways. God speaks through creation. God speaks through human vessels. Husbands, God speaks through your wives. Wives, God speaks through your husband. Mums and dads, God speaks through your children. God speaks through human vessels. God speaks through His church. And I believe this morning as we preach the Word, there are some things, there are some specific points that if you took them out of this message and went home and began to apply them, there would be a fast track of change in your life. The process of restoration would begin and be accelerated. The process of rebuilding would begin to take place. Transformation over time would be the end result of our response to what God's doing. So God speaks through creation. He speaks through human vessels. He speaks through prophetic people. But like I love what David said, Pastor David Palmer when he was here last week, we should not get overly locked on to prophetic people. Because out of the 12 that went in to spy out of the land, 10 proved themselves to be false prophets. God speaks through the activity and the action of the church. Do you know what? We are like written epistles. So when we go out into the community from here, people are not going to so much look at the building or 
or look at what we do, but they're going to look at our lives and they're going, what story is that life telling? The Bible says that God in the fullness of His time, Hebrews chapter 1, sent forth His Son, Jesus. And now in this generation, God is sending forth His sons and His daughters. That is you and that is me. God can speak through creation. He can speak through human vessels. You know, I remember when... when uh, I was thinking as a young man, what's next for me? God spoke to me through a Catholic priest very clearly. God spoke to me and it was just so timely. God speaks through people. And if need be, if He can't find someone to speak for Him, He can even find a donkey. So we need to make sure this morning that our ears and our hearts are tuned in to what God's saying. And I believe that the shaking that we've seen, it must continue. In fact, I think it's only just started. But we need to be like the wise man who built his house on a rock. He looked for God, he heard God and he built accordingly. And this is going to be the key to the future. I'm talking to you about the key to the future. Because we have not always trained ourselves well to build the way that God wants us to build. And I know what human nature is like. It's so strong. And we want to build the way that we think in our mind and the way that we want in our heart. But often God got something different. Do you know what? In Genesis chapter 6, God came and spoke to Noah and He said, build me an ark. And He gave him the exact dimensions of what the ark should be. And that ark became an instrument of salvation to that generation. I believe God's speaking and He's saying, come, you listen to me. Because even though the floods will come, you know, it's interesting in that passage of Scripture, it says when the floods come, you know, when the rain comes, when the wind blows, when the shaking happens, you're going to find out whether you really built God's way or not. So this is a time of testing. And times of testing are not to destroy. They're not to destroy, they're to reveal the foundations of how you've built. I believe like this is testing time for our families, our marriages, our friends, our churches. And the answer is picking up the Word. The answer is knowing what God says. Let's talk about the Word for a minute. In 2 Timothy 3.16, it says all Scripture is inspired by God. It's actually translated God breathed. All Scripture is inspired by God. 
and it's, uh, it's profitable for teaching, for correction and for training in righteousness. You know, I don't have to look that verse up because in my first year of Christianity, I learned that verse and I built my life that way. We have got to build our life knowing this, that in this book, every verse of it is God-breathed, it's inspired, and it's profitable for teaching, for training, for correction. And it's there to equip every man and woman of God to do the job well. So do you know what I believe that as things take place in the future and we don't know what's going to happen and I don't want us to be worried. We need to be confident in this very thing that He who began a good work in us is going to bring it to completion to the day of the Lord Jesus Christ. And behind that is this, this word, if. I believe the times we're living in are a bit iffy and we need to build well. We need to make sure that we're not doing it my way, but we are doing it His way. This morning I'm teaching, talking, just starting out about the written Word. All Scripture is inspired by God. Number two, the written Word is the Logos. It's God's written Word. When I hold this up this morning, this is the Logos of God. It's the written Word and it's written to us. The Word comes from logic, okay? It's like you can read the Word and you can use logic to find out what God is saying to you, if it's correct. For instance, if, you, if God begins to speak to you, He begins to speak to you and you're doing something crazy, the Word will begin to correct you. It'll begin to bring you back online. We need the Word. We need the Word. Say to the person next to you, we need the Word. We need the Word daily. We need to touch base with the Word daily. Be interesting to see how many days of the year so far that we've opened up the book and checked in with Jesus. So this is the Logos. The Rema Word is another dimension of God's Word that we need to understand. And it's like as we go through the Word and we're reading the Logos and we begin to take the Logos onto the inside of us, We internalise it, we put it on the inside. It's like God has given us something to fight through life with. It's a supernatural resource, okay? The Bible is a supernatural resource. The Logos is a, a, a natural printing in a natural book, but is a supernatural resource. And it gives us the weapons to fight back in this world when we seem like we're being overtaken. The Bible says the Word of God is living, it's powerful and it's sharper than any two-edged sword, 
piercing to the division of soul and spirit and joints and marrow. Now I tell you how we need to live. We need to program ourselves with the written Word of God, with the Logos. It is like the software that we put on the inside. We've got to put it in there. We've got to internalise it, take it onto the inside. David said, Your Word have I laid up in my heart that I may not sin against you. So, so you know, I want us to come back in, this, in the future. I believe this is very important for us as we come back and we begin to seek things out in the Word. The Word is the Logos. It's the Logos. It is the written Word that God has made available to us It's like a tuning fork so that when the voice of the Lord comes to us, which is the Rema, we go back here and we find out what God is saying. We check ourselves. Do you know the Word is like a mirror? It's like a mirror. And when you begin to read the Word, you'll find you in there. It's like this morning, you know, I did my hair. I looked in the mirror. (laughs) Believe it or not, I've got a brush. I think I use it by faith. (laughs) It's true. Lynn says when I'm going away, have you packed your brush? I just feel secure with my brush, that's all. All right, that's my illusion. You've got yours. But this is what it is, is when you look in the mirror, you see your face, you see your hair, you see, ladies, you see your makeup. True? And you adjust your lives accordingly. The Word of God is a mirror. But we with unveiled face behold in a mirror the glory of the Lord are being transformed. Do you know what? The the Word of God is the mirror that we need to look into every day of our life. And at the end of our life, you'll be able to tell who did and who didn't because all of us are going to respond to this differently. The Word of God is the mirror that I need to be looking into every day of my life. I believe this is a challenge to this generation because this generation is experiential and feelings-based and and it's hard for them to begin to go to the Word and look for them into this mirror to have their lives changed. So we have the Logos, we have the Rema and the Rema is like God reveals the Word out of the Word. It's like you memorise the Word, you know the, what the Word says and then a situation arises and it's like you, something comes alive on the inside of you and you go, God just spoke to me. This is how we're meant to live. You know, you are a spirit person. There's a spirit on the inside of here. You've got your mind and sometimes your spirit and your mind argue. And you know, God wants us to learn to live by the Spirit. 
Live out of the Spirit. Do you know what? My words, they are Spirit and they are life. It's what the Bible says. Jesus said it. Some people say, well, I'm a person of the Word. Do you know what? You cannot be a person of the Word if you're not a Word of the Spirit because they're both the same. I tell you, if someone's engaging with the Word properly, they'll be alive on the inside. They'll be stamping their feet about something. They'll be jumping up and down about something because the Word is a living thing. The Word affects your body language. It affects your face and your eyes. That's how you know it's living. It's got to come alive on the inside. Got the Logos. We've got the Rima and we have the prophetic Word. It's what God is saying over our lives. The preceding Word is what God's saying over our lives today. It's not so much what I'm saying, but it's what God is saying into the church. It's the preceding Word that is adjusting our lives. It's the Word that we need to hear today. The other great thing, you know, that uh, uh, David talked about last week was the Ark of the Covenant. And he talked about the three articles that were in the Ark. One, the rod of Aaron. Two, the tablets of the law. And three, the manna. You know, see, the manna was there when the people were moving through the wilderness. The manna was there every day. Jesus, when He taught His disciples... He said, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be Thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. We need to be picking up something from Jesus every day. You know, when they kept yesterday's manna over for the next day, it went rotten. We can't live on yesterday's manna, yesterday's revelation, yesterday's Word. God needs to be speaking to us every day about our future, about our friends, about our ministry, about our family or about our assignment. You know, to check in with the Word once a fortnight is not going to do it because we're living on yesterday's manna. I often, when I meet with my leaders, I say, what's God saying to you? What's God saying to you? The preceding Word is here today. The words of God are proceeding over this church from God's throne. God's saying something to and through this church today. God's speaking to you. It's a preceding Word. It's a living thing. It's alive. It's transformational. Yes. If you can use it as a mirror. God wants us to use the Word that way. The preceding Word creates now faith. Faith for the now. God wants us to have faith. For the now, 
Faith is the second greatest force that is at work in the church. What's the greatest one? Love. Love is the greatest force, the agape love of God. This is the love of God that makes me want to lay my life down for my wife the way that Christ laid His life down for the church. That is the love that Jesus wants us to demonstrate. That's real love. So that is love. But then there is the love. The love is the motivating force that pushes faith forward. Do you know what? You can have faith without love, but it's the wrong kind of faith. God wants us to have faith in Him. So the preceding word creates the now faith that is required to change our lives today, to get results today, to see miracles happen today, to see people come to Christ today. And you know what? We've got to determine in our life that we are going to have faith. But it can't happen unless the Word is at work in us. Because in Romans chapter 10, verse 17, it says, faith comes by hearing. You know, I was in South Africa and had the amazing privilege of meeting Angus Buchan, one of God's generals in this generation. And he was amazing. He was just great. You could not sit. I had two meetings with him that went for about four hours. And I think it's just one of those moments that you'll treasure and you know that God spoke to me. How does faith come? He says, right up in your grill. How does it come? About that loud. And he's just been, you know, we're just having a cup of tea. (laughs) By hearing. This is why the church sort of functions on 10% of its potential. True. Because we've tapped back into our natural resources. If If we're not relating into the Word of God, we cannot help but to go back onto our resources. Does it make sense? And that's not how we are to live. It's a saying, if you haven't read your Bible for one week, if you haven't read your Bible for seven days, sorry, that makes one week. W-E-A-K. I want to come right back to this because the Word has got to become our value. It's Bible reading, having a Bible, opening it every day, having the hunger to find a Word for today. I've had to learn this because for 30 years I've preached most Sundays and I've had to find a word for you. It's trained me well. I'm thankful for it. But I also know how to be a slug on a Saturday afternoon and put it off to Sunday morning. And then say, God, at 8.30, talk to me now. Why? You haven't been listening all week. 
I do write my notes every Sunday morning, by the way. But I tell you what, I'll be thinking about you. After I have my afternoon sleep this afternoon, I'll be thinking about every one of you. Because I need God to speak to me. I need Him. So you see, you've got the Logos, you've got the, you've got the Rema Word, you've got the preceding Word, and then you've got the best, which is the Word made flesh. In the beginning, John chapter 1, in the beginning, the Word was with God and the Word was God. And then it goes on to say, and the Word became flesh and dwelled amongst us and we beheld His glory. Do you hear that? The Word became flesh. Everything that is in that Bible is the Logos. But God sent the life, the living Word, the person, Jesus. And the Gospels and the Epistles are the written record of what happened. The Scripture says this, to as many as received Him, He gave them. To as many as received the Word, we're given the right to become children of God. Nearly everybody believes in God, but they don't know really who God is. So this morning, when I talk about the Word, the Word that is living, I'm talking about the Word that is living and it's preceding the now Word. Said that it can come from sources that we don't know. But it will always be confirmed by the Logos. Some important points that I want you to know of where we go from here because God wants you to win He wants you to be successful He wants you to be healed but it comes back to the Word in Joshua chapter 1 verse 8 when God was commissioning Joshua to go in and take the land He told him what to do he said, meditate on this book of the law day and night so that you may keep to everything that is written in it. Then you will prosper and have true success. True success. God wants us to have true success. Not every success is true success. God wants us to have true success. God wants our marriage to last the distance. That's true success. God wants our city to be reached. That is true success. God wants lives to be restored, put back together. That is true success. God doesn't necessarily want us to fulfil our lifelong ambition but He wants us to understand our, His assignment for us to be able to pick it up and get it done. That is true success. Meditate on this book of the law. That was the known word in that time. 
Meditate on the book of law day and night so that you may observe to do all that is written in it. Then you will prosper. Do you know what God actually does want you to prosper? I'm not just talking about financially. John gave a little bit about our testimony. We've never had a lot, but we've had an abundance to do what we've needed to do. We've prospered. We've had good success, but I believe there's much more to come for all of us. So what should we do this morning? How should we respond? Number one, each one of us needs to develop a relationship with the Word. Develop a relationship with the Word. John 15 verse 7, it says, If you abide in me and my Word abides in you, you will ask what you desire and it will be done for you. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit. Isn't that amazing? God wants us. He wants to answer prayers and He wants us to bear fruit. The key is abiding in the Word. It's having a relationship with the Word. If you and I spent as much time in this Word as we did on Facebook, whoa! I'm feeling convicted. (laughs) It's true, isn't it? If we spend as much time in there, give us a love for the Word, have a relationship with the Word. This is the other thing that I liked about those guys over in South Africa. They all walk around with their Bible like this. You turn up without your Bible, it's sort of like you feel a bit undressed. So don't be afraid to bring your Bible to work. You got a hard copy yet, you guys? Got it with you? Hold it up. Everybody else got a hard copy? There's a few. There's more coming. That's good. That's good. Don't you worry. Everybody thinks you're crazy anyway. But what I experienced when I was there was mountain-moving faith. That man, Angus, he, was saying, he didn't say this to me. He said it to his, his own boys. He said to them, go big or go home. That's amazing, isn't it? Now, this guy's a father of faith. Do you know what? We've settled and we've made excuses for small. We've settled and made excuses to allow people to remain sick, to allow our city and our region to remain unchanged. What we need is faith. Comes from the Word. Faith. Faith's got body language. Faith has got energy. Faith's got passion. Faith gets things done. True faith gets things done God's way. But we've settled for personal resources. Now, personal resources are better than nothing. 
All right? But God, give us this faith. Number two, faith comes by hearing. Everybody has faith in something. Everybody. This morning, you may have faith in your husband, your wife. It's good. I've got a lot of faith in Lynn. Not in map reading. Everything else, she's pretty good. But I believe in her. I have faith in her. It comes out of knowing her. So that's good faith. But we need, you know, a lot of people have got faith in government. Psalm 23, the government is my shepherd. I shall not want. That's what today's generation is like. But God wants us to strongly put our faith with Him, in Him. Things can happen when we have faith. Do you know what the Bible says? Every one of us here in this place has the measure of faith. Some of us have got a measure. We've never done much with it. But faith to do something with it comes by hearing the Word of God. Believe for your friends, young people. Believe for the city. Believe to see things change in the city. Believe for our friends, our family. Believe. Great things happen because ordinary people believe in a great God. Believe that Australia can change. Things can change. Mark 11.23 tells us exactly where to put our faith. Mark, in that record, Jesus said, have faith in God. For assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea, doesn't doubt in his heart that whatever he says shall come to pass. He'll have whatever he says. Faith comes by hearing. And now God is instructing us through His Son, Jesus, to have faith in God. Do you know what the correct translation of that is? Have the faith of God. Have the faith of God. So in other words, when we come up against an impossible situation, it is is possible for us to have the faith of God regarding that matter. And that's when miracles will happen. That's when lives will be changed. Bodies will be healed. Finances will be released. Relationships will be restored. How do we have faith in God? Have the faith of God. Comes from the Word. Have faith of God for your future. Have faith of God for our church. Have faith of God for the city and the region. Believe big. Believe big. If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples. 
and you will bear much fruit. Fruit. Now that's love, joy, peace. But actually, the fruit of discipleship is the salvation of many around us. Believe. Wherever we are, wherever we're going, wherever we go this week, have the faith of God. Have the faith of God regarding where you're going because it can only change if you stop depending on your personal resources and start to have the faith of God. One of the best things I ever heard from Pastor Graham, he said, faith is voice activated. Faith's got a voice. It speaks to problems. Faith diminishes problems in the sight of God. Ten of these guys went into the promised land and they said, oh man, it is beautiful. It's a land with milk and honey. It's awesome, but there are giants in the land. So we can't go there. That's not the voice of faith. But two of them, Caleb and Joshua, had a different spirit. They said, we can do this. We can go out and take those giants out. Now that is exactly what Joshua and his company did. I want to say this, start to believe big. Start to find the word about your situation in here. This book You know, I love that thing in Revelation that talks about our names being written in the book of life. My name is in here. Honestly, when I read about Elijah, I think I've got a bit of that dude in me. Tried to be nice to Jezebel. Got smacked around. She's a piece of work. I can find a bit of David because I, I think like him. I think I'll get that giant. I'll take the uncircumcised Philistine right out. I'm going to do it. And a bit of flesh gets in there. You've probably seen that in me. I can find a bit of Nehemiah in me because we're going to build a city. Going to rebuild the gates. We're going to do things. It's going to go next level. We all should find a lot of Jesus in us. Hey, He healed the sick. He raised the dead. He fed 5,000. He cast out a thousand demons in with a word. And He lives on the inside of you. We've talked ourselves into little Small and insignificant, but God is in the big. God is in the increase. God is in the enlargement. God is in the harvest. So number one, we need to develop a relationship, a strong one with the Word. Word abide, it's like live there. Where are you abiding at this stage? You've got an address. 
Number two, faith comes by hearing. Number three, nothing will change until you do. Nothing will change until you and I do. I won't change. My family won't change. Our church can't change. Our city can't change until I do. Now, let me tell you this. This is fantastic. Jesus is totally committed to you. He is absolutely committed to your life, your well-being, your future. He's committed to your marriage, your family. He's committed to your family that at this point in time don't want anything to do with what you're talking about. Nothing will change until you do. God has already committed Himself to you, holding nothing back. He gave all on the cross. What more could we ask Him to do? What more could we ask Him to do? He has freely given all things. Everything that is His is ours. Nothing can happen to you change. He is committed to me. Now I need to take Him at His word and go the whole way with Jesus. This is how we win. This is how we build the future. This is great. This is awesome. This is one of the most important messages we could preach. Last point, John 1.1. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was written. The Word was there on the day of creation. God said, let there be light. God spoke His own Word. He spoke it and bang, it's still going. The universe is expanding every day. It's big. It's enough space for you and me and everybody else. And then God sent the Word. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God and the Word was God and the Word became flesh and dwelt amongst us. And then in verse 12, it says, to as many as received Him. He gave them the right to become children of God. I think we should sing that song, The Power of Your Love, because this is love in action. One of the things that I wanted to say is the Logos word is logic. And if we're not careful, we can get locked in the world of logic. And we can sort of miss it. I don't know why I'm reading this, but this morning I thought of an interesting song that I haven't heard of for a long, long time. It's called The Logical Song. It was written by uh, a band called Supertramp. And I always thought about this song, and I think maybe we're touching something. 
When I was young, it seemed that life was so wonderful. A miracle, it was beautiful, magical. All the birds in the trees, well, they'd be singing so happily, so joyfully, play, playfully watching me. But then they went, oh, sent me away, which is actually to boarding school, I went there, to teach me how to be sensible, logical, responsible, practical. And then they showed me a world where I could be oh so despicable. I don't know, I think those words are very interesting. Because the Logos alone is not going to do it. You need the Holy Spirit on the inside to activate that word so the Rema and the prophetic word can come out of you because the logical word won't change anything but the Spirit-empowered Word will. Don't let religion rob you. Don't let logical thinking, smallness of thinking, reasonable thinking, practical thinking contain you and stop you from breaking out and becoming a dangerous person for Jesus. Are you good? I'm good. What are you believing for? Just to survive? Get to church next Sunday? Struggle through? No. Nah. God wants you to pick up what I'm talking about. Begin to realise, wow, how I sold myself so short. 